when we first started dating, whenever we would have a fight or a difference or a conflict, I would either give in or I would get really positional, uh, really stubborn about what I wanted. That was kind of tough on us, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. So now I've taught the five conflict management styles for years, and um, you have a background in conflict resolution, but it never really sunk in for me uh, until we did this thing that changed everything. Yeah, it did. Welcome to the Behaviorist with Work Wisdom, where we help you adopt high-performance mindsets, behaviors, communication, and culture. I'm your host, Sarah Colantonio. Today on the podcast, our guest is Kedron Crosby, president and founder of Work Wisdom and my partner in life and work. Hi, Kedron. Hi, Sarah. (laughs) So let's get to it. Um, So do you want to tell the listeners what did we do what basically was this magic thing that we did that this is my memory of it it's many years ago now but I think what we did was we both took the TKI we both took the Thomas Kilman instrument and so we went hyper academic (laughs) and gave ourselves the assessment Mm -hmm. and then we sat at the kitchen counter is my memory Mm -hmm. and we debriefed our results and and ask ourselves, now that we know what we know, what should we do differently? Yeah. Is that your mem- memory? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and it was very revealing. So five management, conflict management styles. And I saw that there was one that I didn't use ever. And um, that was problematic. And then, and, and like I mentioned in the intro, I, I was either high competing which I was so I was really pushy about what I wanted or I gave in or or I saw it as giving in where I accommodated if it was something that you wanted but I didn't actually want that that thing you know my memory is that the big takeaway from that um, kitchen counter conversation was that both of us had zero compromise. Yeah. So we had no skills around compromise. And I know it was just a point in time and that's who we were, but mm. I had been teaching for years that the um, the skill that was most highly correlated with long-term marriages was compromise. Yeah. So I had said that <laughs> maybe a thousand times. And so when I sat at the counter and looked at our usage... Um, it was very revealing. Yeah, that was that was a big takeaway for me that we had to learn how to split the difference. Right. Um, so your takeaway was that I that high usage and avoiding and co- competing, and my takeaway was neither of us had any skills around compromise. Yeah. 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 I I think I was shocked by the realizing I didn't use comp. It was almost like I had no, it was like a muscle that I had never used. I just, it it was, it was pretty amazing. Well, I mean, you hadn't needed it. Right. And so there was no shame in it. It's just neither of us had needed it at that point. But I I wonder if we took it again. Maybe we should do that. Maybe we should. I wonder if it would come out differently. I'm going to ask you about the Thomas Kilman instrument and a couple questions in the future. But I want to ask um, why, why do we hate conflict 
so much. I mean, does everybody, because when I look at politics, for example, mm-hmm. right now, it seems like people actually like it. Like they're yeah. into the conflict, the mm-hmm. fighting. Yeah, I what? think you hate conflict. <laughs> <laughs> I think that there right. are people who love conflict. Yeah. I, 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 I know of one person in particular who is very likable and, and a strong leader who um, says that she is conflict seeking. Oh. And every time she says that, I think, wow, that is bold. But um, she works in a space that that requires a great amount of creativity mm. um, and understanding quickly what everyone's positions are. So um, so so it's different than I think maybe someone who who doesn't like conflict. But I, I sometimes I think it's the word conflict. Okay. Yeah. I I had this professor, um, Dana Morris Jones, who mm. has written extensively about conflict, and she taught my organizational conflict resolution classes at Hopkins. And she, um, I think it was maybe the first day of class where she said not to use the word conflict. Yeah. Because people carry so much baggage around the word conflict. And if we could just think of it as differences, um, that people would go into it with more openness and creativity. I think she's right. I think she is too, because I think those of us that hate it think of it as a fight. Like that's the synonym, Mm -hmm. conflict is a fight. But if it's a difference, that doesn't seem... That's bad. <laughs> yeah. And differences are, are the source of all creativity. Right. I think, is it Donatella Versace who says that all conflict um, comes from creativity or all creativity comes, comes from, from conflict? conflict. Yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, but so you, it's necessary if mm. we want to take two disparate ideas, mash them together in some brand new way to come up with a, a different way of thinking about things. I was going to ask you to define it. What is conflict? It sounds mm-hmm. like you know, I I don't have a memorized definition. The way I think about conflict is when um two different ideas or positions come together and are um seemingly at odds with each other. Yeah. That's what I think of when I think of conflict. So, um you know, we we can think about when when we were trying to figure out where we wanted to move after we were leaving our our space at the Hamilton Club, we used yeah. to you know work at the out of the Hamilton Club, and we decided to get a new office space. And you wanted one thing, and I yeah. wanted another thing. You wanted a warehouse, I wanted a Victorian, <laughs> and that we were at odds. And yeah. so it was maybe a month that we were you know driving each other crazy with um the this conflict until we really went to the why why do you want the warehouse why do i want the victorian so that's an example of a conflict but we were never screaming no yeah i never was upset Mm -hmm. but it was a difference Mm -hmm. yeah okay why is it important for organizations for teams for companies to do the tki do you think? Oh, oh, actually, first, what is the TKI? And then I'll ask you that question. Okay. Um, well, the Thomas Kilman instrument is an assessment uh, that we use. I, I was first introduced to it in graduate school and then went back to school for conflict resolution, used it again there. 
Um, but basically, it takes about 20 minutes online. It's confidential, but it helps uh, the person who's taking the assessment learn about their own predisposition mm -hmm. to managing differences. And so you learn that you might have high usage of either avoiding or accommodating, compromise, um, maybe competing or collaborating. Mm -hmm. You can also learn if you have low usage in any of those spaces. So it's it's a tool that we use just to help people grow in self-awareness. Obviously, we used it to help ourselves grow in self-awareness. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're not the first couple. I know that we've used it with other couples. Um, so it can be used in any kind of relationship, I think, not just in the workplace. Um, but so I think it helps you grow in self-awareness. I also think it's really helpful to your next question. I think right. you're about to ask me about why is it helpful for teams? Um, it's helpful because you have some common language yeah. around these different styles. Um, and you have some awareness around your own usage so you can decide to recalibrate. So it's not fixed. You yeah. know, if you get this report back that says that you're a high avoider, let's just say hypothetically that happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, several times, right? And so, um, so what that means is I can be skillful about changing my behavior when it comes to managing differences. So I can be more assertive in saying what I want, in getting what I want. Um, that helps me climb this dimension of assertiveness, which is part of how we manage conflict, and also more cooperative and finding out what the other person wants and then helping them satisfy that. Yeah. So those two dimensions of assertiveness and cooperativeness are part of, of how we manage differences. So that makes sense for individuals, but how, how is it helpful for a whole team or for a whole mm. organization? Oh, to in so many ways. When I think about it with teams, recently we did this with... Um, with a team that was trying to learn how to be skillful um, with managing differences internally and externally. And they had to be very different. So okay. they needed some language about um, when to collaborate versus when to go high competing. So this gave them the language and then they could talk to each other about, okay, right now we're going to go high competing with this client. We own it. In yeah. fact, um, I think we maybe hashtagged <laughs> what would Beyonce do, you know, yeah. or slay or something <laughs> like that. Uh, maybe both of them, um, to get us to the place of thinking about how, how can we go high competing in this situation? Mm -hmm. Um, but in terms of organizationally, mm -hmm. I've had organizations, uh, who have, seen their collective profile and started thinking about um, how is that serving them? So this one organization I'm thinking of in particular, they had collectively um, high usage around avoiding. And so they wanted to own this one set space in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't do that if they were avoiding. Right. So they talked about what they needed to stop, continue, and start behaviorally so that they could 
lean up that that climb that dimension of assertiveness um, and go to competing. And so over the course of a couple of years, they did that. And now they absolutely own that space. Wow. Um, Yeah. But they had to grow in self-awareness. They had to see that sort of collective TKI profile and then and then have some hard conversations about, wow, is this really us? (laughs) Ooh, is that true? And then they said, yeah, gosh, you know, that is true. What if we, what would it look like if we, if we climb this level of assertiveness? So I I think you can use it in a lot of ways organizationally, but I think it can be part of strategy. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Now I, I want you allude to this earlier, but I want to ask, is it kind of like personality? Like I am predisposed towards using a particular style. Like I don't like conflicts. I'm predisposed to avoid, or is it something that I can, I can change. Like if I see, if I see there's five different styles, I can just learn how to use all of those? How does that work? Well, it's not fixed. So, you know, we tend to think of personality as fairly fixed. It's, it's not totally fixed, but we tend to think, oh, I'm an introvert, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just not going to go to your party. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it sort of gives us a pass. Um, We use it as an excuse, you know, but it's, it's not like that. It's just your usage. So, um, it, the TKI is just a point in time snapshot um, set of data. So it's where you are right at that point. So um, unlike IQ or personality, it's not fixed. It, it's malleable. It's developable. Um, so does that answer your question? Is yeah. that what you're thinking? Yeah. yeah. I, and I was thinking, too, about when I when we did our TKIs and we saw that we didn't use compromise. Yeah. And I remember the next time something came up, a difference came up, and then we were probably at the kitchen counter again. Yeah. <laughs> and we were like, okay, wait, wait, wait. How do we, how can we compromise about yeah. this? And it was, it was funny because it wasn't like a smooth thing, but we figured it out yeah. because... Yeah. We knew it was available to us. Yeah. And luckily we've written scripts for our clients <laughs> That's that true. we are able to use. Yeah, which yeah. is really funny when we do that. But it helps us. Yeah. It does help us. So I know the answer to this, but I'm gonna pretend like I don't. What's the best conflict management style to use? I'm gonna guess collaboration. Mm, sometimes maybe yes. So um yeah, so all of them are important. None of them are good and none of them are bad. Mm. I think that avoiding and compromise, they get a bad rap sometimes. But actually, um, all five of them are fantastic depending on the situation. Um, All five of them can be disastrous depending Mm. on the situation. So I think the art of this is learning how to recognize which scenario calls you to use which style. And then that agility in slipping on over into that proper style that's going to really give you what you want. There are so many factors (laughs) in that equation. We would probably want to have... um, an expert on to talk just about that or or we could talk about it just as novices but in our own experience but you know some of it has to do with how um how high are the stakes right you know some of it um I think has to do with can you see 
the future? Can you see around the corner for your company because of your experience and your perspective and your and where you sit? Um, some of it has to do with how long term do you want that relationship to be? Or is this just a quick transaction, transactional relationship and, and you're going to be out soon? So I, you have so many factors um, that contribute to, to making the decision of, okay, I'm going to go in this direction. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I think that there are also scenarios where you have to move quickly to maybe three of them in the course of two days, you know, and, and so I, I see that especially leaders have to sometimes go to accommodate to let something go so that they can buy some political capital so that they can maybe in a week or a year even go to compete. But they have to be able to do the strategic thinking to almost chess move it. I, I don't want to I don't want it to sound um, like it's manipulative, but I think that it's more skillfulness. Right. There's yeah. an art to it. Yeah. Realizing that. One of the things that we often do in workshops is we ask uh, attendees if to really think about like when are when should you go to high competing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, when should you be really assertive about what you want and not be cooperative about what somebody else yeah. is, what somebody else wants and. I, I love their faces. It's almost universal. They're thinking about, okay, when would this actually be beneficial versus, you know, something like cooperation, uh, uh, I mean, uh, collaboration, thinking about what are the disadvantages to that? Because yeah. sort of the joke of that question was we all, we think um, collaboration is, is so amazing but it does have downsides to it. It's, oh, yeah. it's time consuming. Mm -hmm. It requires everybody are they're in it together. Oh and yeah. That's not possible all the time. Yeah. It requires um, a lot of trust yeah. and respect right. and maybe you don't have that yet. Yeah. Yeah. I do like to flip it around. I like to say to people, you know, what are, what are the benefits of avoiding? Right. And they're like, what? <laughs> there are benefits. Yeah. In fact, I think we have a whole episode on the virtues of, of avoiding. We did. We spent a whole episode because it's worth talking about. Yeah. But competing too, and you know, I, I think competing is great. Um, whistleblowing, you know, when mm -hmm. we have to speak truth to power, when we have to be courageous leaders, those are all times to go high competing. Yeah. So, so yeah. So they all have a purpose. It's just knowing when do I pull that card out? Yeah. Okay. What do you do when you know the other person's overusing a style and it's hurting the relationship? What do I, as Kedron Crosby, do? Yeah. <laughs> am I their coach or am I married to them? <laughs> um, I, you know, I think I might, um, you know, depending on who it is, I might say, hey, I have this amazing tool that I've learned a lot from. Mm. You know, the Thomas Kilman instrument, you might want to use it and see if you can learn a little bit about your own styles. Um, I tend to go to a place of vulnerability and share um, my experience and I might share when I have overused some style myself, you know, so if they're overusing competing, I might share a story about there was, a, the, you know, there was this one relationship where I went to high competing all the time right. and, and it ended. <laughs> 
and 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 I don't have that relationship anymore. Right. You know, sort of cautionary tale. Right. Um, But as long as I'm not telling them what to do, but I'm sharing with them my experience, I think it'll land uh, a little more securely Mm. in in their fertile ground (laughs) over there. Okay. What do you do? What would I say? Yeah. Like, let's say someone was overusing a style. What what would you say to them? I... Well, I think I think that we had this conversation before, but I think that I would probably push them. I would go to high competing. I would say you should take the TKI. You should take the Thomas Kilman instrument and see what your primary um, uses are because to, I think because it made such a difference to me, mm-hmm. and it's the kind of thing where I you know you could tell another person you're overusing this particular style but Mm -hmm. until they have the language Mm -hmm. and sort of understand it personally Mm -hmm. um I I don't know if it's gonna click I mean because I taught this for so many years Mm -hmm. and I knew the ideas but it wasn't it it took like really being in the experience for Mm -hmm. me to be like oh okay this is this is what's happening and this is the problem yeah you know I think this is sort of like the whole Johari window idea where there's this part that's hidden to ourselves but obvious to others and so we have to ask others sometimes to weigh in for us so I think uh, the Constructive 360 is a great way oh. to learn um, about how others perceive us mm-hmm. in terms of our level of assertiveness and cooperativeness around managing conflict. So that's another idea. You have to really be open to that, don't you? <laughs> you yeah. have to be open to uh, more self-awareness, realizing there are some things that you're missing. Yeah. And... Of course, you also have to be open to when you receive some feedback, um, taking the time to analyze it for usefulness and applicability because it's not always accurate. Everybody's walking around with cognitive distortions. (laughs) So trying to figure out what's real is half the game, half the fun. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Do you have any final pieces of advice? This is such a big topic and we're doing this sort of quick brush of it but any any pieces of advice on how to manage conflict manage differences well I think I think that there's some grace that we need to extend to each other that even when we are in a full-blown conflict or or we feel that things are escalating that if we can be kind and empathetic and forgiving in that moment, it will help us down the road. Um, So it may be 10 years till we can think about trying to salvage that relationship or revisit that issue. Um, But if we're, if we're kind and gracious, um, even in the middle of that conflict, I think it will serve us well later. So uh, that requires, of course, self-regulation and the pause principle and all of those things we talk about in authentic communication Mm. but that would be the advice that I would have conflict will happen and even the ugly scary kind of conflict will happen but um you don't have to escalate it and you can show up as as kind um and curious through it Mm. uh, if you want to and um and that usually serves you well later that's great 
Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm so grateful for you uh, being part of this movement of helping world changers in the workplace to enhance their individual and collective team performance. Thank you listeners for downloading The Behaviorist and we hope you'll subscribe. Please reach out to us through our website, workwisdomllc.com, where you can enjoy Work Wisdom Press and Productions ask questions, and even give suggestions for topics you'd like us to explore in future episodes. As is our custom, we'll leave you with One Minute Wisdom by Anthony DeMillo. How shall I forgive others? If you never condemned, you would never need to forgive. Forgive.